up? What's up? What's up, everybody? Man, happy, happy, happy new year. Man, we made it into the new year, didn't we? Listen, welcome to episode one of season two. Man, I made it to another season. Episode one of season two. Wow, man, 2022, right? Like, <laughs> what more? What more can you say other than 2022? You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm not one of those kind of people who typically say, "Man, this was my worst year," or "Oh, this year was terrible for me." Usually, I'm not saying that this. You know, I haven't had a bad year before, but usually, usually it's. Every year is the same where it's ups and downs. And so it's never too bad or too good. But 2022, oh my goodness. Um, For me personally, 2022. You know, here's the crazy thing. I was just thinking about this. Here's the crazy thing. 2022 was one of my most difficult years ever. But at the very, that's crazy, very same time, it is probably the year that I've grown the most since I was an infant. You know, when you're an infant, like you grow like wildfire uh, those first few weeks, days, months, whatever. But man, I grew, as a matter of fact, uh, the show that I have for you guys tonight, it is a result of my growth from 2022. Um, but yeah, it's this, this same, this same, the same year that broke me, made me, (laughs) you know, the year I turned 50, man. Yeah. I celebrated 50 years on the planet on June the 15th, 2022. And, um, let me tell you, um, I believe my wife would agree. Uh, you know, not putting our business out there, but we are married. So just knowing that we married, you already know it's not perfect because marriage is not that way. But I believe, at least for me, let me speak for me. It may not be for her, you know, but um, for me, 2022 was the worst year of our marriage for me. Right. Um, but, but man, towards the end, it became one of the best years. Why? Because of the growth that I had. Now, be mindful. I'm talking about my marriage. I'm not talking about our marriage. Again, I can't speak for my wife, right? But I know my marriage got better. Um, so, anyway, the show that I have for you tonight, uh, the title, Nobody Told Me It Was Me the whole time. Yeah, no, nobody told me. It was me the whole... I was the one. It was me the whole time. Right? Um, I think this message... I, I hope this message really resonates with you and really helps you do love and life better, you know, after after this episode. So, so listen, I was thinking, uh, I don't know what you guys did in the summer, but we played football outside in the yard, right? Not not organized football, 
Like, I mean, some of my friends, as we got older, middle school, they played organized fo- football. But no, I'm talking about like when we were like elementary age, we played outside in the grass in somebody's yard, right? That's what we did. And I remember one time we was playing. So we played the kids over on the next street, right? So uh, we was playing these kids over the next street. And I mean, we beat the brakes off these kids, right? <laughs> we beat the brakes off these kids. But, um, but, but afterwards, you know, everybody go their separate ways. And so, uh, you know, me and my crew, we decided we was going to walk down to the, um, the neighborhood store. Now, I don't know the neighborhood you grew up in, but in my neighborhood, the neighborhood store was someone's house. Like, like people live there. They turned their garage into a whole store, right? Uh, at one point, there was a, uh, the neighborhood store was actually next door to my grandmother's house. And I got a funny story to tell you guys another time <laughs> about the store next door. Uh, shout out to the fobs. Um, anyway, so, you know, we, we, we walked to the store and, and like, you know, we sweaty and stinky, right? But I mean, I, somebody smelled like, somebody smelled like boo-boo, right? Some, it smelled like somebody boo-booed on themselves, right? But no, nobody was saying anything though. Like we had this friend named Chris who, you know, he had actually boo-booed on himself before, Right. And so I know I thought it was him and everybody else probably thought it was him, but nobody was saying anything because, you know, we know Chris got some issues going on at home with his dad. Like his dad's really mean and like he's having a rough time at home. So nobody was going to say anything. Anyway, we, you know, we walk to the store and then we, we walk back, you know, to our little apartment complex and then we go our separate ways. Right. Well, when I walk in the house, as soon as I walk in the house, my mom was like, boy, go get your behind in the tub. You stink. And I'm like, I know, I've been outside all day and we was playing football. And then my daddy, <laughs> my, my daddy, my daddy, um, so my daddy, I, you know, I may get my lack of filters from my, from my dad because my dad didn't really have filters. So my dad was like, football, boy, you smell like that. The, and he said the word, right? But I'm like, um, no. So anyway, I went to take my shoes off and uh, I realized I had dog doo-doo on the bottom of my shoe. Like, <laughs> what? I must have stepped in it when we were playing football because, you know, we play football outside in the grass. Uh, you know, so so I sat there on the bed and I, I'm like, man, that whole time I thought it was Chris. And I'm sure they smelt it as we were walking. I'm thinking they probably thinking what I'm thinking. But the thing is, nobody told me it was me the whole time. No, like nobody said, nobody told me it was me the whole time. As I was preparing this episode, that story came to mind, right? Uh, it was me. I was the stinky one the whole time, like. Uh, that was that's funny. It was it was me the whole time. But listen, I have a question. Are you blaming someone else or something other than yourself for the way your life looks today? Mm-hmm. 
I remember I was over the age of 40 when I stopped blaming my parents for what they didn't teach me. All right. I remember going to Sam Houston State University in 1990, getting to the college. And uh, I don't know if I can't say it was soon as I landed because I was just, you know, awestruck. But I do know it wasn't long after I got there that I realized I knew nothing about life. And that was the very first time where I felt some kind of way. I don't know if it was anger, but I felt some kind of way that my parents had taught me nothing about life. Um, so much so, I remember when I was at, you know, the first week you get to Sam, you get to school and you're supposed to register and do all this stuff. And so, you know, I'm a high school kid. And I, didn't, I didn't even know I was going to college, right? So, you know, my mama does everything for me. And so while everyone was going over to the Coliseum to register for classes, I was like, I was hooping. I was in, I was in the gym. I was in the gym hooping, sun up, sun down. And they kept saying, man, Cliff, you're not going over to register, whatever. I'm like, no, my mom already, she did all that stuff for me already. Like, all is done. So finally, on the last day on Friday, I just decided to walk over to the Coliseum. And when I walk in there, it's a long, like people everywhere, long lines. And so I'm literally there all day, not realizing I should have been here the whole time. What's your last name? Brantley. Boy, we call Brantley's way on Tuesday. I mean, we call B's way on the, t- on t- at the beginning of the week. I was just, and I'm, and I'm sharing that with you to say, like, I did not know anything, right? Uh, another thing I, I remember, this is older. I'm, I'm 30 now. I think I was 30. I had a, a new car, Pontiac, uh, Pontiac, Pontiac, Pontiac something. Anyway, I take it over to my parents' house so that my dad can see it. Well, so my parents can see it. And I'm inside talking to my mama. Dad goes outside. He comes back in the house. Boy, you ain't got no license plates on the front of that car. I'm like, I I don't know. What you mean you don't know? You ain't know you're supposed to have a license plate on the front of that car? (laughs) And immediately I'm thinking to myself, um... How was I going to know that? Like, who? You didn't teach me that. Did, like, did <laughs> what? And that is when I realized I wasn't nowhere near a therapist or nothing like that. But I realized at 30. You don't know something until you learn it. And common sense is not common sense until you learn it. So um, the point that I'm making with all that, you know, I kind of got off on the on a tangent, but um, my 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 parents didn't teach me anything, right? Is that your story and you're blaming your parents for where your life is? Yeah. So one day I was counseling someone and and it hit me uh, because because like I said, I was still blaming my parents for what they hadn't taught me, right? Uh, but I, the thing is, I did not know that I was still blaming them. I really didn't. I thought I was over that. But one day when I was, you know, I was counseling someone and and as I was counseling them, it hit me. Sir, you haven't been a child for a very long time, right? So regardless of what they did not teach you, you have been in control of your life and your thoughts 
for over 20 years. Right? Like I said, I was a little I was a little over 40 at the time. And it's like, bro, you haven't been a kid in a while. How are you still holding on to what your parents didn't teach you? And I say that because I do remember in my in my previous marriage, there were times when I had thoughts like, dang, nobody never taught me that. Man, where was I going to learn that at, right? And I brought that right on over here, but I'm going to get to that. But, you know, how, how, are you, how are you still blaming your parents? No matter what happened to you, number one, it already happened. It's not happening again. And you're not that kid anymore. How is it that your life looks the way that it looks and you're blaming someone else? Anyway, when I realized that I was doing that, you know, a little after the age of 40, that's when I began to, um, I started to take responsibility. I started, I, I decided, you know, I'm going to take more responsibility for my own life. Yeah, this, I can't, I can't do this. I'm going to take more responsibility for my own life. And that's when, that's the first time I went to um, an empowerment conference. It was called Get Motivated Houston. And that's when I was introduced to the story of Les Brown. You know, Les was like, you know, you got to be hungry, right? His story really inspired me. Like it, it like I had never heard anything like that, right? So it really inspired me. Um, and I knew, I knew when I left that conference, when I left the convention, uh, the convention center that day, I was not the same person. I, I knew that. I knew that, you know, everybody who knew me or saw me or whatever, uh, looking at me, I looked like the same person, but I knew that I was different that day, right? And so all this is around the same time when I decided, hey, I got to be more responsible for my own life. I can't keep blaming my parents. But did you notice that I said that's when I began to uh, that's when I began to start taking more responsibility for my own life. More responsibility. Yeah, see, I didn't know it at the time, but I still had more growing to do because it wasn't more respons- more responsibility that I need to take for my own life. It was all responsibility. Now, fast forward to 2022. And I'm smack dab in the middle of a marriage that's not working the way I know it should. And my wife will not do the things I'm telling her so that we can be better. Like, I'm the doggone therapist. You're not listening to me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like as she, as she uh, so eloquently told me, uh, I like to boast about my degrees. It's not true. But I, I understand how she would think that. But... I got these degrees, like, would you think they gave me these degrees? Like, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and I have said that in pride. I'm not, I'm not denying that. That that's the old me. I'm not lying. It's yes, I did that. But anyway, <laughs> the marriage was not good. I said earlier, for me, it was, you know, the most difficult year, but ended up being one of the most blessed years. But anyway, at the time, it wasn't good. But because I was committed to staying. And because for the first time, I really knew real love, like it's the first time I'm really being in love, the only two choices that I had were 
be miserable or grow. Like that's it. I, the only two choices, I could choose to be miserable or I could choose to grow, right? Because changing my wife was not an option. I had already tried that. That, that wasn't going to work. So, you know, I chose to grow. Now, to the average person, especially in comparison to most of my clients, right? Let me just let me clear this up, right? Um, to the average person, my marriage is probably pretty okay, right? When 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 people like if you look at my marriage, folk may you probably man, what is you what are you talking about, right? That's why I stopped complaining. I mean, like, okay, I didn't really I didn't really stop. I stopped complaining as much, right? I stopped complaining as much. But, like, I'm not saying, uh, not that if, if, it, if it was, let me just finish my thought. I'm not saying that I have a great marriage, but I'm, I, I am saying that my marriage don't suck. But I also am saying if it did, well, at least I would want to tell you, I'd have to run that by my wife because, um, I don't, yeah, but you never know. So anyway, uh, back to what I was telling you guys. So anyway, um, 2022, in June, I stumbled upon this guy named Myron Golden, right? Now, I had never met anyone like this brother in my life, right? Not, I've been in church all my life. I've, you know, known men all my life. I've never met a guy like him. I'd never heard anyone teach the Bible the way that he did, right? I'd, I've never known a man to have his confidence and his humility at the same time. I was just, like, I, was, I ain't gonna lie, I was captivated by him. And um, even though I never heard him teach on marriage, he encouraged me to get a deeper relationship with God's word because of the way he taught the word. And so, like I say, even though I never, even though he never talked about marriage, when I got into the Bible, it was like, what? So, so let me tell you. So I've been in church pretty much all my life since I was age seven. Um, I've always loved church and I've always loved God's word as far as back as I can remember. I remember as a kid loving to hear the preached word of God. Right. Um, and, uh, I thought, <laughs> I thought I was a student of the Bible. I thought I knew the Bible pretty well. Right. I really did. But the more I listened to Dr. Myron's, uh, teaching on business principles in the Bible, the more I realized, uh, I, I don't know God the way I think I do. Right. I, I thought I knew the Bible, but Man, and so I began to really read the Bible, and it's like I began to see things. I began to see things. This this is how bad it was. Like, I'm just going to be transparent and real. I began to see things in the Bible that were so new to me, I really thought they just put that in there. But here, can I make it worse for you? I'm not talking about in Habakkuk or, or, you know, in Amos. No, I'm talking about in Luke, right? I'm talking about in Acts. I'm talking about in the popular books. 
stories that I've known for years. When I read the Bible, that story don't say that. I said, what? And that's when I realized, as a side note, most of my Bible knowledge, just like a lot of Christians, unfortunately, had come from hearing preaching but not studying on my own, right? So anyway, me and Dr. Byron Golden, I started to study the Bible. And as I began to do the work to be a better therapist, I saw how my life and marriage begin to change because I let God's word begin to work on me, right? And eventually I begin to work on my own childhood stuff again because I'm always doing inner work. So I start working on my childhood stuff again. I begin looking in the mirror to see what's wrong with that brother in front of me. I begin to do that instead of look at my wife, right? And let me tell you, my marriage, my marriage got better when I began to understand God's idea of marriage and that idea became clearer to me, right? My marriage got better when my understanding of God's idea of marriage became much clearer to me. But how many know clearer doesn't mean easier, right? And the thing is, my, my marriage did get better. But to be honest, I don't know how much better my wife's marriage got because, like, she has to gauge that, right? But how did my, how did my marriage get better? Because I stopped blaming her for what was missing in my inner life. Yeah, I stopped blaming her for what was missing. I removed the responsibility from her to make me feel seen. I stopped looking to her to validate that I need to, that I, I stopped looking to her to validate that I was good enough. Yeah. And when I made these changes, it automatically made me stop complaining about what I thought I was not getting. Did you hear what I said? I said, it automatically made me stop complaining about what I thought I was not getting. Because what I realized is what I thought I was not getting, I didn't have in the first place. And that's where the deficiency was. So it was in me. It wasn't in her. Mm -hmm. So from that, one of the commitments that I made to myself was if I feel anything negative, whether, you know, whether I feel lonely, I feel neglected, I feel unseen, I feel disrespected, whatever. When I feel it, my first response is to look in the mirror, right? Even if she actually did do something that she shouldn't have done, I've decided I'm going to focus on me and my need instead of her error, right? Now, the reason I did this you know, I didn't just like poof, pow, come up with that on my own. Uh, but I did this because I read this book. Uh, I read this book called Unmet Emotional Needs, right? And this book opened my eyes to what unmet emotional childhood needs look like. And that book, and by the way, that book was introduced to me by, uh, by Darius Daniels. But man, it's a great book. And it really opened my eyes. See, here's how you can tell. If what you are feeling is about what your partner did or if it's about something deeper, right? 
So when you receive the injury or perceive the injury has happened, do you come in hot or can you still be loving and respectful? Right. When, when you are, when you are good internally, you don't come in at level 10. Even if they were truly in the wrong as two left shoes. Like if you may not believe it, but even if you got cheated on, if your internals are good, you'll handle them. I'm, I'm not saying you're going to be kind, but you're not going to be disrespectful. I'm just, I'm t- so, and you can ignore the test if you want, but I'm telling you, when you get mad, when, not when you get mad, but when you, when you come in at 10 and it, it really deserved a level five response, that's a you issue, not a them issue. In other words, how you respond to not getting what you want can be a sign that your partner is not the issue you are, right? And so, believe it or not, all of that was my intro. <laughs> like uh, Dr. Malcolm Wayne Malcolm says, you know, uh, I don't preach long. It's just uh, my intro just takes forever. And he's English. That's why I was saying that. Anyway, um, <clears throat> anyway so as this new year begins... I wanted to <laughs> rearrange the furniture in your head, as Dr. Myron Golden would say, right? I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to take 100% responsibility for your life. Yeah, 100, 100% responsibility for your life. That's my challenge to you. Now, at a conscious level, you may say, Well, I am responsible for my life. But my question is, does your behavior line up with that declaration? Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, most people, most people believe they are entitled to a great life. Oh, I know that's true because it used to be me. Yeah. I, I, and I didn't know it, but you know, hindsight is 2020. I used to think it was unfair for me to be a good person and people not help me get to the next level. Even in 2022, just last year, I found myself thinking, you know, while it's a blessing that I found Dr. Golden, I also was thinking about God that it's unfair that you just now allowing me to meet, allowing me to meet him at 50. I'm like, Lord, that's not, that's, that's unfair. So I'm blaming God, right? But what I had to come to realize very painfully, I might add, this is very painful to realize, but the only person who is responsible for the quality of my life is me. I said I had to come to realize that the only person who is responsible for the quality of my life was me. And I'm here to tell you that if you want to be successful at anything, but particularly your relationships and your marriage, you have to take 100% responsibility for your life. I'm telling you, you got to take all of it. You got to take 100%. Now, when I say, when I say 100%, I mean, 
your health, your relationships, your lack of education, your income, even the way the partner treats you, you take 100% responsibility for it all. Why? Because everything that is in your life, you created it or allowed it. See, the thing is this. The reason it's so difficult for us to take 100% responsibility is because we live in a culture that uh, it teaches us to blame others for our crap, right? Like it teaches us don't take responsibility for your stuff. That's just, that's, it's, it's in the culture. No sense in looking anywhere other than your own mirror when you are trying to figure out why your life looks the way it does on every level. Every level. Spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally, whatever. Look in the mirror. It has been you this whole time. Yeah. While you were blaming your mom for beating you or your dad for being an alcoholic, while you were blaming your, your teachers for being unfair or, or, or your children uh, for being bad teenagers, right? Or, 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 or whoever you blame for uh, because you had to stay after school and you couldn't, you know, play sports or, uh, you know, you had a child and you were a teenager or, you know, you're blaming your wife for not being more considerate. You're blaming your children for not being more impatient. Listen, you can blame whoever you want, but nobody told you that it was you the whole time. The whole time. Self-sabotage. The majority of the people in the world who are um, not living the life they want, if they're honest, I mean, yeah, if they're honest, they'll recognize, hey, it was self-sabotage. I did this. I created this. I, I, I blew all of this up. And you got to take responsibility for that because if you don't, then how, how are you going to change it? Jack Canfield says, you, 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 you have to take, <clears throat> sorry, he says that to take 100, 100% responsibility for your life, it means to give up all of your excuses, all of your victim stories, all of the reasons why you can't and why you haven't until now, and all of your blaming of outside circumstances. My brother, my sister, I'm telling you, it's you. When things don't turn out as you had hoped, you need to ask yourself, how did I create that? What did I do to cause this? What do I need to do differently? See, it is 100% true. You cannot control everything that happens to you. But that is not the requirement to create the life that you want. But you do have to take responsibility for how you have responded to everything that has happened in your life. Yeah, you got to take responsibility for how you have responded to everything that's happened in your life. So what happened to you? What, what, what happened? What, what's the story you tell yourself? Listen, what happened to you? 
no matter how bad you think it is, that's not what has you stuck. No, no, no. You are stuck because of how you responded to what happened. The reality is the things that you've been through, other people have been through that and worse. And watch this. They've overcome it. So if the way life looks is based on what happened, then it would be the same for it would be the same for everybody. Like everybody who's been abused or cheated on or lied on or grew up in foster homes, molested, or whatever. They would all have the same life, but they don't. If it were about the circumstances or the events of life that that has created the life that you're living, then how do you explain this? How do you explain a little black girl being raped at the age of 13, getting pregnant, and then having a baby, and then that baby has a baby at the age of 13? And then that baby that that baby had at the age of 13, that baby grows up a rough life, goes to live with her father at the age of 14. Now, you know what life is like at 14. Goes to live with her father at the age of 14, a poor family, a whole lot of other bad stuff, but she still ends up becoming the richest black woman in America. How, Sway? Like, how how that happen if it's about the circumstances? Because it's not about what happened to you. The truth is, listen, listen, you only have control over three things in your life, okay? You have control over three things. The thoughts you think, the images you dream about or visualize, and the actions you take. That's it. How you use these three will determine everything you experience. Yeah, it'll determine everything you experience. So if you don't like the outcomes in life that you're getting, then you have to change how you're responding to the events that happen. If you don't like the outcome, change how you respond to the events. Events plus your response equals outcomes. Did you get that? Events plus response your response to the events, so something happens. Add that to how you respond to it, and that's going to equal the outcome that you get. All right now, I may not I, I may not know a whole lot, but I know one thing for sure. If you keep doing what you've always done, you will keep getting what you've always got. I I I, I guarantee it. Right. When it comes to taking 100 percent responsibility for your life, you have to stop blaming and you have to stop complaining. Yeah, I said I'm going to say that again. You have to stop blaming. And stop complaining when it comes to taking 100 percent responsibility for your life. Yeah. Now, if you're like me. That was a hard pill to swallow. That that's a hard pill to swallow. The fact that you gotta, I could probably, I could probably, I could stop blaming, but complaining that's that's hard. It was hard. It's still hard. Like I'm still fighting through it, right? But when you look at your life and the lack of fulfill, fulfillment you have, 
You have to be honest with yourself. It was you the whole time. You got to say to yourself, self, it was me the whole time. And like, I really need you to get this. Look, look, you, you took the actions, right? You took the actions. You thought the thoughts. You created the feelings. You made the choices that uh, you, you are the one that did everything necessary to put your life exactly where it is, right? You're the one that skipped school. You're the one who, who chose an abusive partner. You're the one who didn't go to college, right? You're the one who sold your car when you needed a car, right? You're the one who stayed in the relationship too long. You're the one who never, you're the one who never works out and that's why you're obese. You're the one who won't even eat healthy. You're the one who doesn't drink water. You're the one who chooses not to trust God. You are the one who said, yes, and I do, instead of no, and I don't. You cannot blame anyone else. But watch this. I said blame and complain. You got to stop complaining too. You have to stop complaining. The circumstances you complain about, they're all situations that you can change, but you've chosen not to. Yeah, you'd rather complain. Because here's the truth is, you can find a more loving partner if you chose to. You can make more money if you chose to. You could move to a different city where there is more money and opportunity if you chose to. You could eat healthier food if you chose to. You could stand up to your mom or your dad, your sister or your brother if you chose to. But in order to do that, you would have to change. And see, the reason we don't do these things is because um, to change our situation, um, we, we don't do these things because we're afraid. What are we afraid of? Risk. We're afraid to risk it. Right? Like, to find a more loving partner, you have to risk divorce and embarrassment. To keep your loyal friends that your partner doesn't like, you have to risk them being angry at you. To start a business, you have to risk being unemployed, having a fluctuating budget and bank account, right? But you don't want to you don't want to take the risk, right? Nobody ever said it was going to be easy. But trust me, Stopping your complaining is necessary. Yeah. Don't listen. Don't ever. You can't ever, ever, ever forget that. I'm sorry. My music threw me off. You know, I got a new system and <laughs> it came on and then it came back off. I'm like, is it like that? Okay. Yeah. So anyway, listen. This is my close. Don't ever forget. Your biggest enemy will always be your inner me. Your life is your responsibility. Your life is not your partner's responsibility. It's not God's responsibility. It's your responsibility. Your life is your responsibility. I'm challenging you to accept the responsibility. But whether you accept it or not, 
As a matter of fact, I kind of want to say, you know, I, I don't even want to say you're not going to accept it. Because, you know, did you know when you make up your mind to be great, literally no one can stop you but you. You're the only one that can stop you. Like God can't even stop you. Did you know that? How do I know God can stop you? Because listen, the Bible says that God cannot lie. So if God cannot lie, then all you have to do is make the choice to follow the principles he's already laid out. And then he has to, like he can't stop you from getting the promises that he's already promised. Do you understand that? But listen, whether or not you can, whether or not you, you take responsibility, whether or not you step up to the plate, whether or not you hit a home run and you strike out, you can no longer say, nobody told me that it was me the whole time because I just did. 